1: The late lunch with Blackstone Motors, Johara, Dundalk and, and Cabin. Order your new two two one Renault today from our extensive
2: Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low rate APR finance. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie.
1: Welcome to Midweek Late Lunch. Great to have you with us on the show. I have my census form beside me here, the distinctive green form. It was uh, delivered to my home a couple of weeks ago by a very nice lady, and we had a, an interesting conversation. And by this stage, every home and residence in Ireland should have a form ready for completion on census night, which is this Sunday, the 3rd of April. Now, there's an intriguing section at the back, new, called Time Capsule. Uh, where it's optional if you want to or don't want to complete and say something to our descendants a hundred years on think about this a hundred years from today this information will be revealed and i want to talk about it on the show today but first let's dig into the form in more detail with kathleen goulding she's the head of census publicity hello kathleen
0: Hello, good afternoon. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for joining me on the show today. We'll get to the capsule in a wee while, but in general terms, uh, are you confident that you'll have hit every home and residence in Ireland by this stage?
0: Well, we're certainly working very hard to do so. The census enumerators are out um, working extremely hard and uh, we'll continue to do so up to the census night, which is Sunday the 3rd of April, Sunday coming, so, but we would be um asking people if they haven't um been contacted by an enumerator or they haven't received a form yet that they would contact us from now on um if the enumerator has called to your door already, they may have left a calling card and they will have a phone number on that, so please call them back directly and they will come back with a census form or if you haven't had any contact, then please call us on um the number of which is o eight one eight twenty twenty two zero four sorry 202204 that's it. I'll say that again. I think I messed that one up. Go on ahead. 18 202204 or you can go onto our help our website census.ie and there's a form there a web form a help desk web form that you can fill out your details on and we'll get back to you through that as well. So we would urge people to do that if we haven't got a form as we're getting nearer to Census Day.
1: OK. 0818 20 2204 or census.ie if you haven't got a form. Now, Sunday night is the night to complete. Kathleen, do you have to sit down meticulously on Sunday night or can you complete it on Monday, Tuesday? What do you say to people about that one?
0: Well, it is um, it's called a de facto census. So it's everyone in Ireland on census night, and um, you should complete a form a particular on census night. OK. Particularly. So So if you're staying at home, that's fine. You can fill out your census form at home. If you're staying with friends, then it's where you sleep on census night. It's where you should be included in a form. So if you're staying with friends, then you should be included in their form. Or if you're staying in a hotel, you will be um, counted there.
1: That's interesting, isn't it? So it's where you put your head down on the night.
0: Yeah, the one um, change to that would be, or the one exception would be, if you work shift work. And you come home the next morning then you would fill out your census form as though you were there on sunday night
1: okay great now looking at the form itself and and digging into it um it, it caters for up to six people in a household now as you know there most households are certainly below six in ireland at this stage but if you have more than six what do you do and you only have one form
0: you um well when the enumerator calls um to deliver the form they generally ask how many people are you planning will be in the house on census night And based on that then, if it's more than six, they will give you extra forms. Now, if it turns out that subsequently you have visitors staying and you weren't aware of it at the time, you should contact your enumerator or contact the number I um, called out already and uh, let us know and we'll get some extra forms
1: to you. Good. Now, um, there's three pages of um different questions per person to be completed. There's also a section for absent persons. How does that tie in if somebody's in a hotel or away or staying in another house?
0: Okay, so say somebody in your house is is staying somewhere else on Census night. Um, they will be um have fill out a Census form where they're staying, but you're they're also counted as an absent person where they usually live. So you'd fill out a small number of details for them and that those two um, records would be matched just to make sure that we're not overcounting people.
1: Mm. So that's
0: the-
1: Okay, that covers that off nicely. Um, there's a bedroom question and I've heard this raised. I'm sure you're getting the feedback yourself from people. There are people a little nervous about this because there is a bedroom tax across the Irish Sea in the United Kingdom and a lot of people are suspecting, well, I wonder, has this been lined up to nail us with more tax. What do you say there, Kathleen?
0: Well, first to say that the, the census information that's given is fully confidential and totally protected and secure and we never share any personal information with any other third party or person or anyone. Nobody else sees this data. Once it comes into the CSO it stays there, put away for 100 years when then it's made public to everyone. So there is no question that any question on the form is shared in any way in that, in that sense. Now, the question on how many rooms do you have in your household, that that was there in 2016 and was as as is how many rooms in your household. Mm. It was expanded then um, for this census, it's number of rooms and then of which are bedrooms. Now, the reason this question is asked is to give statistics on possible overcrowding in some houses. It gives an average, we do give a statistic, average number of people per household. Like, that would have been much higher Mm. going back years ago when families were bigger. It's much lower now. But still, you can imagine that there may be, um, like, there is anecdotal evidence of, you know, um, children and their partners living with their parents and and all that as a result of the housing crisis. That would give us really good information on that as well. Because if you say, for example, 10 people are living in a four bedroomed or a four roomed house. That doesn't sound as overcrowded as somebody saying ten people living in a two bedroomed house. Yes. So that's that's just the nuance there. It's nothing else. There's never going to be any <laughs> okay. suggestion. And and this question I was was um g- selected in twenty nineteen or approved in twenty nineteen.
1: So. Okay. Okay, yeah. so there's nothing, nothing on to order, Senegal, about this, and the information isn't shared. Now, what about, um, there's a lot of Ukrainian folk uh, being welcomed into homes all over Ireland. What's the situation there with Census Night?
0: Well, they will be enumerated as, as everyone else is. If it's everyone present on census, in the country on Census Night. So, you know, if people, tourists and people visiting, they'd all be enumerated as well. So they would be... Uh, add to the household form you have if they're happy to do that or they can, if they prefer, get their own separate household form that you can contact us for. But it would be a nice... You know, the, the, the census is historical as well so you can imagine in 100 years' time when these forms are being made available to the public, it would be a nice historical record, I suppose, to see maybe the Ukrainian visitors on the form and to know that somebody was... Was staying in 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 your house, our mm. our descendants will be looking at this data. Yes, but you know it'll be a a reflection of history and what's happening right now as well. And I suppose it'll be nice to know the kindness of people, you know, who yes. open their homes as well.
1: And indeed, so we may have descendants of these people in prominent positions in politics and in life as well. That will be so interesting uh, beyond our time here. Now, the time capsule question has caught the imagination for sure, Kathleen. It's a very interesting add to this census form. And again, you say, I'm just looking at it here, the spaces for handwritten messages only, photographs or other attachments will be removed and cannot be returned. So you want people to sit down with the old Pian Louis, and write in this. Plenty of space here to write as well. What are you looking for there? What what do you suggest to people? Should we write about the present? Should we speculate about the future and what happens in between or what? Is it open season? Um, Well, that's
0: the beauty of it. It's individual to each individual uh, family and person. So I think the only limit is your imagination. It could be a message to the future. You could imagine your descendants reading it. You might want to send a message of hope out there. You might want to send a message of warning. You might send a message about you hope that your your team has finally won something. It could be about your pets. It could be anything. I... I could be here all day suggesting.
1: I'm laughing here because as a loud man, I think I might just put that in. 1957 was the only one in living memory uh, that loud one, the the last All-Ireland. I wonder will they win one in the next hundred years. That's a very good suggestion, Kathleen. I love it from a loud perspective. They don't have to worry about that in me because, you know, they they just win them for fun there in different, different eras and generations. But look, you're saying anything at all, anything goes.
0: Anything goes, yeah. Whatever if you, you you wish to, and then maybe it's time to start thinking about it because Sunday night you might be scratching your
1: head trying to figure <laughs> out. <something laughs> yes, that. do a little prep at this stage. How soon will you be collecting?
0: Uh, Monday collections will start straight away on Monday. So you know, some people will actually have well enumerators, but generally the enumerators go back to the communal establishments and the hotels first because mm. they're more transient. But um, they will be out knocking on doors on Monday and all from straight away then uh, so put the, your completed census form in a safe place ready for the enumerator so that you know where to grab it once they call so you can expect them to call once once the census is night is over yeah. now you know how to I, I, people probably know how to recognise them at this stage but always ask to see their ID badge yeah. Um, they do wear their high-vis yellow vest with sensors in the front and sensors enumerator and on the back. Mm. And they will, again, leave a calling card if they haven't been able to get you and with a number on it that you can contact them to arrange a more suitable time, a more convenient time that suits you.
1: Do you ever have, um, you know, big difficulty with collecting forms or what's the percentage? If you take 100% if you got them all back, is there a percentage that just you never get back?
0: Well, they, they generally, I mean, the vast majority of people in Ireland are very happy to fill out their census forms and they understand how important it is for all the public services we need and planning for the future and making sure we have enough school places and that we have, enough, you know, services for the elderly and all the services in between that we all need in our in our lives. Mm. So everybody understands the importance and the historical importance and the whole range of benefits the census gives. Mm. But there would be a small, very, very small, um, maybe group of of Individuals here and there who really just will not be persuaded to, to yes. fill out the census form. So we do, in case in those cases, take prosecution. We don't like to do it, but we do do it, and we do give people every opportunity first of all to complete the
1: form. Okay, so there is a, a legal requirement there, and the law could ap- be upon you if you don't complete it. When will initial results appear? If you take it, we're in what April twenty twenty two.
0: The we. Publish some, say high-level summary. They're really estimates um, at the end of June, and that will give us a population mm. count. And we're expecting that population will be over five million for the first time since 1851, when it was 5.1 million. So that's quite uh, a milestone to hit. Yes. So we'll have a few key figures then. But then it takes about six months or more to actually process the forms. All two million, over two million forms that come into us. And then once we have the, the data and all anonymized and ready to be analyzed, there's um, a whole heap of reports and publications and data is issued. But it starts around March, April of next year. And then there's publications about every three or four weeks right up to December on different themes and topics. So. And it's available freely to everyone on the website as well. And as are all the previous censuses, all the data is free.
1: You've Absolutely. been um, so helpful and informative, I have to say, Kathleen. And the message today is, uh, if you haven't received your form, uh, 0818 202204, census.ie, and fill them on Sunday. Don't dilly-dally, fill them on Sunday, because the knock at the doorbell could uh, be yours from Monday onwards. Uh, we wish you luck with it, Kathleen, and thank you for joining me today.
0: Thanks a million.
1: Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. That's Kathleen Goulding there, Head of Census Publicity. So what will you put in the time capsule? Have you thought about that yet? We're going to take a short break and when we come back, myself and Louise are going to say what we're going to include under the headline of time capsule. So, Louise Walsh, have you thought about what you might put? (laughs) Are you going to complete the time capsule thing?
2: I will I, I I really only thought about it when you mentioned it to yeah. me this morning Yeah I didn't even know I didn't even look at the form to be honest I just got it and put it in a drawer Do you know what I, I think you do should
1: do? I have a suggestion for you I think you should complete it like you keep your notes.
2: <laughs> All over the place. In
1: red biro, green biro, blue biro, black biro. <laughs> uh, and and it's a lovely rectangle. Look at right it here. It's a lovely big rectangle. Lovely clean and white there in the sheet. I think you should start in that corner, then go down to this corner, go right, go left and just say at the bottom, just put down. Be
2: disorganised. It's <laughs> more fun.
1: Yes. This was me. I think you should do that. <laughs> I think you should. I think. I and mean, in what way would I complete it? In lovely straight lines. You'd with have the ruler I'd be and measuring, be measuring it. everything, and the it gaps be the between it would be perfect. And I'd go mad if anything was wrong with it. And I'd say, "Hello from Mister Perfect." <laughs> yes, seriously. <laughs> have you written? Have you? Have you? Have you thought about anything?
2: I'd probably say, "How much is your electricity bill?" <laughs> <laughs> That'd um, be good. I don't know. I, I really, I didn't think about it. Maybe okay. something to think about. I don't know. I just maybe say that, try not to think ahead because you'll get there quick enough. Or yes. maybe, I hope you are reading this because it means you have a future.
1: Yeah. In a world
2: where all the war and climate change. Are. Oh, but yes. I don't know, Jerry. I'd, I'd probably get all the kids to write something. Yeah, as well.
1: that, that'd that be a good idea. Yes, it would be a good idea to put your children's messages mm. on. I like that. 086 1800 658. Have you thought about this? Something you'd like to say to your descendants a hundred years on when they look at this is there anything on your mind today that you'd like to say to them on the census form let us know 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text I've thought a little bit about this and I'm in a bit of a dilemma here I don't know whether to put my hopes for them a hundred years on or what life is like now so I've sort of thought about the hopes and I would put in it I hope that Ireland is one nation with respect for all Mm-hmm. In one nation one nation a united one island of Ireland nation with respect for all traditions in a hundred years time that the world hasn't your world hasn't been destroyed by nuclear war you know yeah. which God only knows look where we stand at the moment that you've realised that social media was a pile of you know what and that living in the real world is really living really living in the real world people you know not this bloody thing. Could be robots in 100 years. Uh, well, well, there could be, but that's just a thought of mine. That cancer is now like the common cold. You know, dealt with like yeah. the common cold. And things like that. <laughs> like and that, that you're still enjoying your garden, your fishing, your sport, etc. They're my thoughts for the capsule what's yours 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text I know my
2: kids would probably say (laughs) give your children more money
1: (laughs) and don't be hiding the biscuits and chocolates and everything (laughs) like that yes mammy please your messages thank you so much indeed keep them coming to us about what you'd write on the time capsule section at the very end of the census form you've got it completed on Sunday evening the numbers uh, there are a number of people who haven't got forms yet. Here it is. If you have a pen handy, I'll give it to you. The number you call if you haven't got a census form, 0818 202204. That's 0818 202204 or census.ie. You'll get your form there too. I love this one. Jerry, what I'm putting on the census form is this. Are they still talking about Joe Sheridan? Oh, I love it. I don't know who you are, but it's absolutely brilliant. I'm sure you're from County Meath and you're having a dig at your neighbours there, of which I'm one. Oh, but I love it. I absolutely love it. Are they still talking about Joe Sheridan? A hundred years on, just let it go, for God's sake? Listen to this one. Don't mention my name, please, Jerry. No, I won't. You'll be assured of that. But I'm going to tell my story on that little segment on the senses. I was dealing with COVID like everyone else. The disruption and uncertainty was unbelievable. Then a cancer diagnosis that rocked our world. Chemo operations, more chemo, staying in Beaumont, no visitors, the brilliant staff there. And yes, LMFM radio filled my days. But in my case, COVID made life a bit easier because I could recuperate. I'm praying that when this is being read in a hundred years, cancer will be, as you said, Jerry, a very flexible, fixable thing. I already see me and so many others beating it. So please, please, God.
3: Isn't that lovely?
1: That's a lovely message to put on your census form. Imagine people reading that in a hundred years. Do it. Go for it. Go for it. What will you put on your census form for the people who are coming after us in a hundred years' time? 086 1800 658 is the WhatsApp or text. I'll come back to them. They're coming in. I see them popping in there as I speak. But we'll move on on late lunch this afternoon with a wonderful man. Because you see, he farms, but farms with a difference. Yes, Shalvinstown Biodynamic Farm in County Mead is a very special place. And the brand it comes under is the Beef Box. And the man behind it all who made the change many moons ago, John McDonnell is with me. Hello, John. Hello, Jerry. Thanks for taking our call on the show this afternoon. I want to ask you this, because you have made the transition from what you'd call conventional farming to what you do now. It began in the mid-90s, I know, with you. Was it difficult to make it and stick with it, John, and commit to it? No.
3: It wasn't really difficult. The transition was um, facilitated in the sense that I took over from my grandfather, who was here, Ray Hogan and um, it was somewhat a non-intensive operation. It was somewhat extensive because when he retired, he was in his 80s. So I didn't have to really reduce numbers or anything very much. And um, it wasn't really that difficult. But that's quite different then to what things are now. We didn't really know as much. Um, but the, the transition was also supported by the environmental program scheme that was there at the time. Organic farmers get a supplementary payment of about um, ten thousand on over a hundred acres to help support them make their transition.
1: So there was assistance, and the movement was only getting going. But it's really taken legs since, and now, of course, it's the buzzword all, all round. But f- for you, John, you know, w- when you talk about a biodynamic organic farm, there's no fertilisers in sight, you just uh, use what the animal produces in terms of uh, their waste and other stuff to put back into the land that you farm. Is that basically it?
3: It is um, on a simple level, that certainly is it, but it's surprising actually people wouldn't fully understand what is possible and what is available. Um, While it's not using synthetic chemical fertilisers, many of the traditional fertilisers in terms of phosphorus and potash, they are mineral mined, they are natural substances and they can be used. Mm. They, will, they will not be fast acting, they'll be slower acting. So you can use those kind of things. Yes. And in more recent times, we've got a whole new range of technologies of um, what we call beneficial bacteria that can be applied to the soil that will actually take um, phosphorus or take nitrogen particularly out of the atmosphere and, uh, and feed that to the plant. So a whole new biodynamic has not just grown legs, it's kind of getting turbocharged right now.
1: Mm. And, uh, of course, it's great to see, and you are someone who's at this quite some time. Now, you uh, farm beef, lamb, and you have malting barley there as as well. I wanted to ask you something, a term I I saw there uh, that that you use, cover cropping. What is cover cropping?
3: Cover cropping, again, that's a more recent kind of, Um, introduction as we learn more about what we now call regenerative agricultural practices and one of the kind of cardinal principles of that um, adherence is to never or try to avoid having the soil bare to try and always have some plants and ideally a diversity and a mixture of plants in the soil at all times for it to be covered so what we will do um, is we will sow our barley the seed has only just arrived yesterday We'll sow our barley, we can over sow perhaps an understory, if you like, of clover seeds into that. So when the barley is removed, the clover will emerge. uh, And the other practice would be to actually sow in a second crop after the barley comes off, chop the straw and then uh, put in a winter cover. Mm. So It'll have something growing green in the soil over the winter and be covered.
1: Yes, um, I'm with you now, I'm with you all the way. Very, very important and, and ties in with the the cycle as well. Talk to me about your red polled beef, this old English breed. I take it the flavour's extraordinary.
3: Yeah, they're a wonderful old kind of, I suppose, a heritage variety almost over in the UK. And uh, they suit my farming system. They're not a heavy animal, they're somewhat lighter and they finish quite quickly and they're easily fed. But it is a very rich and very marvelled beef, you know, so it's exceptional quality.
1: And when did you bring these to your farm first? How did you come to to recognise what they had and the benefits they brought?
3: Um, well, it was in conjunction with a friend of mine who's also a biodynamic farmer who started around the same time, Ernest Mackey over in Whitlow, and who was a breeder of the uh, Albrac cattle, and he sourced them in the UK and started to, to breed them, so I kind of just simply followed suit.
1: Mm. And and you you rear them yourself? You do your own course, butchering yeah. there as well, and I take you yeah,
3: not necessarily the butchering, no, I wouldn't no? do the butchering outside. I use a wonderful uh, family of butchers up in Old Castle called Floods. Okay, it's oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they look after it for you. Oh well, yeah. What what age what age typically are, you know, do you rear them to and are they ready to go to market? Uh well, a young female about twenty two months of age. Mm. And uh, budgeted by Floods, and beefbox.ie is where you sell through, you can buy directly f- from you. Right. It comes back to you then, does it? And then you you sell it out. Yeah, I
3: will, I will go to to Floods and we'll package it, it's all yeah. backpacks, and then we we'll put it into the box and then fulfil the orders.
1: OK, OK, exactly, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting that indeed. Uh, and obviously you've great trust in them and you're dealing with them years yourself as well and they, yeah. they, 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 they buy into your philosophy. What about um, uh, the lamb end of things? Uh, where are we with lambing? You know the way you see now big ads for spring lamb coming uh, for Easter time and all the multiples and yet when I'm out and about, lambs are tiny at the moment.
3: That's right, that's right. It's kind of a misnomer. I don't know how it actually got started, maybe it's just in folklore, but yeah, generally lambs are born in the springtime and wouldn't be ready just yet unless they were, I suppose, born last year and kept over almost.
1: So those legs really are not this year's lamb, is that what you're saying, John?
3: Yeah, it's quite unlikely now, really, unless they were born yes. know, before Christmas. Now, I would have some that are ready to maturity now, but that's because they were born maybe September last year.
1: Yes yes but your lambs from this spring will they be fit like I often said lamb is much better as the year goes on to be honest which you into summer and early autumn it's a
3: lot of play, but that's certainly true yeah that's certainly true
1: yeah and, and, and they will be this year's lambs at that stage will they yeah yeah and that's an important point to to bear in mind, I think, for people who, who are buying spring lamb or are thinking about it as well. Now, coming to the barley, I I, I know you supply uh, to Waterford Distillery. How big a part of, of your operation is barley becoming? Where does it fit in with the others?
3: Um, where does it fit in? Well, I mean, I've traditionally grown some cereals just to supplement my own livestock feeding. But back in 2017... Myself and a few others were approached by Waterford to consider growing barley for them for the world 's first biodynamic whiskey, which is now released on the market and it, well it 's a very much a premium product, but also they're paying me a very good, much a premium price price for the barley so it 's very worth my while so that 's why I, I was doing maybe twenty acres last year, and I doubled that this year because it's it 's quite a significant crop for me.
1: Mm. What are the preparations? Cow dung into cow horns buried in the soil, then taken up uh, at a time and dissolved in water. What's this about? Is this again the natural way?
3: Well, if you look at the history of biodynamic agriculture, it dates back to work uh, devised by Rudolf Steiner in Austria, a lecture given by him in Poland in about 1925. And these are the indications he gave as to substances that would be helpful to kind of, even at that time, they felt that the nutritive quality of foods and the fertility of the land was starting to wane. And uh, this was the ideas he gave as to what they could use, given material that they had readily available to try and improve the soil. Um, and that's what we've been working on ever since. So there, are, there is material that's used from a cow placed to ferment in the cow horn over the winter period. Well, when it's taken up, it is... Um, put into a barrel of lukewarm water, if you like, and stirred constantly for an hour before being sprayed on the land. And uh, the second preparation involves a very finely ground quartz or silica.
1: So again this is all tied in with biodynamica and the organic ethos. What would you say to, you know, somebody who um, is in the agriculture game, maybe looking at this or considering it? What would be your advice in hindsight or somebody that's maybe just reluctant to take the step?
3: I think, you know, it's 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 not the easiest step to take. I mean, people have been doing their conventional practice for a hell of a long time and um it's not the easiest transition to make. I think the best thing you could do would be to find somebody in your locality that you could speak to that has more experience, and that could, could guide you along the way. There's quite a bit of learning to do, and there's a bit of a transitionary period. It's not just switch over from one day to the next, but it certainly is possible and it's viable, and the markets are getting stronger and emerging there. That will help support people, you know, and they'll have produce to sell. But... Um, Initially, uh, one thing that's been very helpful this last two years is the online conferences, particularly what we call the Biofarm Conference that takes place each, uh, each autumn, and that, that's wonderful, and it brings a lot of international speakers, you know, in this whole organic, biodynamic, and regenerative movement all together to give world-class education.
1: So uh, there's, plenty, there's plenty of opportunity out there to learn from others, you say, and online. You're, you're tipping with a few vegetables too. You grow veg.
3: Uh, I I did do a box of vegetables in the past. Um, it depends that like with labour scarcity these days, it's much more difficult to do those things. My main outlets now are the beef, lamb, and uh, doing the barley for Waterford and mm. uh, oats for White um, Speedy
1: Cook. Right so that's you uh, you're concentrating in those areas. I admire what you've done and the way you've transitioned and what you're doing and continue to learn and move along as well. You're a fine example uh, of what can be achieved when you're committed to it and you stick with it and you adopt the philosophy. I wish you well and thank you for joining me, John thank you, today. Jerry. Nice to talk to you. You too. Take care Take of yourself. Care. That's John McDonald there from Shalvinstown Biodynamic Biodynamic Farm in County Meath. He's a great guy and really interesting fella. The beefbox.ie. Beefbox.ie if you want to find out.
0: Ready to pop the question?
5: Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress manicure and press-on falsies.
1: More about him too. So there is a way and uh, an environmentally friendly way as well. Louise, I'm surprised you're not in the lagging jacket today.
2: <laughs> I'm off to turning off the... The air conditioning She's here She's in
1: there sitting in the North Pole. <laughs> She's a din in the North Pole in Studio One. It's absolutely like an ice box. I'm in a t-shirt here in Studio Two, but I noticed when I hopped into my car to come in, 18 degrees it was yesterday. I took note of it. Seven degrees today on the dial. That's well, some that's drop. Some that's that's some an, difference. an 11 degree drop. It's huge. It just shows you this time of I'm the turning year turning
2: blue, as you say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't don't do that to me. The, I'll be remember the Blue Man Group show I saw in uh, Boston many years ago when you mentioned blue that always comes to mind fantastic show I have to say look at the messages coming in about the census aren't they lovely and the different messages people are sending us what will you put in the time capsule what will you write down on your census form this Sunday 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text I love that one did Mayo win the All-Ireland yet yeah, says somebody <laughs> oh, the they poor, should have done it jeez, oh, they the, won't have won it by then the will come on for Mayo people's sake horse will be um, over uh, and there's another one. Uh, uh, on my time capsule, I will write: Have Ireland won the World Cup yet? No, no, <laughs> no, no. That won't happen in a hundred years. We think Mayo will. Louise has a hunch that that, that they will. And um, there's another one, a lovely one there from Jerry. Jerry McNally. Nice to hear from you, Jerry, this afternoon. I'm going to write, Jerry. To me, Jerry, I hope Ireland still has Guinness in 100 years' time and put the price of what a price of a pint is now. Good on you. The only sad part is that we won't be around to enjoy uh, a lovely pint in 100 years' time. I'm also going to mention that the Ukraine was invaded by that you-know-what Putin. Thanks, Jerry, for sending us your message. There are more there. Now, you've come across something interesting that ties Slings. in with this.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a lovely story about a hidden message from an English orphanage choir boy pleading not to be forgotten. And it was found in a church pew after 125 years. Yes, I saw this, yeah, Louise. Yeah, so sweet, isn't it? Isn't it? I think he was 14. William Elliot was his name. That's right. He wrote, Dear friend, whoever finds this paper, think of William Elliot, who had two months and two weeks and four days on the 11th of August 1897. I'm not too sure what that means. Yes. Whoever you are that finds this paper, don't tear it up or throw it away. Keep it in remembrance of me, W. Elliot. I was the leading boy of this choir. I love you if you love me.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. And you know, the story, the backstory is his father died and he was Mm. an orphan and he was taken in. And I think that time frame you mentioned was the time he spent there. He went to work in a solicitor's office afterwards in the locality. And then he sort of disappears. And then they see the war dead list and they... It's Pink. believed he may have been yeah. killed in different the war. Different spelling. Yeah, which, it's slightly yeah. different, but he they may, they may have been killed in the war. It just shows you, you know, what we write today. Yeah. Somebody will read it. They will definitely know that it's in the sense that that was found by accident absolute accident it's a lovely story it One really of the is the
2: Mayo stars All-Ireland winners could be <laughs> on here talking about somebody yes, 100 years ago saying yes. have they won it yet
1: yeah no they've won 10 in a row in Mayo <laughs> and they're fed up with them at this stage <laughs> on the census I would write says Mr Nigel McKenna in New York City listen to this time is the only thing in this world that's free use it wisely because once you've spent it you'll never get it back They're lovely words, aren't they? Wise words from across the Atlantic, from our Nigel today. Thanks for for getting in touch with us on that. Um, there's somebody else saying I have to look at the census form and think of what I'm actually going to put on it Uh, well you know Jerry I haven't an idea but I had red hair when I was younger not now it's more sandy but it was called the little red rooster (laughs) from the Rolling Stones song Uh, just a thought Jerry I haven't made up my mind Uh, I'll be looking to you for ideas love the show thanks indeed for sending us in keep the messages coming what will you put on your census form that will be read in 100 years' Is time. Is
2: back on the telly yet? Ah,
1: <laughs> oh, God almighty. They'll be looking at that and think, went the absolute backward, if they look at that, looking at Miley and Dinny mm-hmm. and the whole lot of them. Lovely question though too. It just shows you, put anything you like down. That's what's yeah. there to keep you entertained. I love this one. Did we win the Eurovision again? That's the question that somebody's going to put? God, it's a long time since we won it. Surely we'll win it in the next 100 years. Of course we will. We're, we're 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 the kings of Eurovision by the skin of our teeth still. Anyway, if you listen to the ads there, Climb with Charlie, the campaign uh, culminates this weekend. Charlie himself climbing Crowpatrick on the 2nd of April, Saturday. But there are more than 100 separate fundraising climbs happening around the country. You heard about Slane there. I'll tell you one that's happening and, and organised by the St Mary's uh, GFC Club in Denore and Ross They have one as well. I'll tell you about that in a little while. But I'm joined now for a potential new... Uh, newbies to uh, climbing and getting out there to raise funds by Ireland's mountaineer and explorer extraordinaire Mr Pat Falvey welcome to the show and good morning,
4: Jerry. good evening, Jerry. We're in the evening now. Yes <laughs> we are. Hello
1: from Kerry. Hello to you from Kerry as well. Pat, great to have you with us on the show because I admire you so much from afar with all you've achieved. Now, Pat, they rolled you out this week to talk to folks who are getting out there and gonna do these climbs, some not so steep, but other climbs certainly steep. What do you say to somebody who's gone out for the first time? What do you need to keep in mind?
4: Yeah, well, there's over 150 listed events, right? That's outside the, all the other stuff that you're doing there, right? Okay, I just heard it a while ago. But everything, like, from walking in parks to beaches, up into the mountains. And I suppose because it took off so fast, and there's such a great interest in it, um, I think it's now evident, like, you know, that uh, it's it's the rollout the safety side of it. Because we want this mm. to be a great day, a great weekend. And indeed, people will be doing it, you know, over the next couple of weeks as well, raising money for Pieda House and Morton Neuron. So I think my thing really is that I'm just being rolled out, I suppose, for the safety aspect of it. Yes. And I, I just heard you say a little ago like it's, it was seven degrees like, and it's going down like mm. uh, the forecast for the weekend on the mountains is going to be minus seven. Wow. So the whole thing is if you're going out Take a look at the weather, right? Make sure that whatever level that you're at, that you're fit enough for it. You know that, in other words, take that risk on. You could see Charlie himself, like with Modern Orans, that's a huge Everest for Charlie yeah. to be climbing Crow Patrick. But you know what I'm going to do there, Jerry. I'm going to leave you now. Ask me a couple of questions because it'll yes. be easier for me to answer. Yes,
1: and, and I have I have them here because I know what you're talking about. The weather was one I had down and that's very important to watch the weather and understand the weather. People who are perhaps not used to the outdoors, I'm an angler myself and I do a lot of fishing and I'm always watching and I'm conscious of it. I have more with you than you need and especially with those low temperatures. Let's start at the base. Footwear. What do you say to people about the feet?
4: Well, it, where appropriate footwear right now some people will be you know going out on parks and things like that and it's active footwear but if you're going up into the mountains and remember these this is an adventure that people are going on like whether it's walking or whether it's climbing or whether it's doing anything like that so take appropriate gear in particular footwear if you're going up into the mountains you know wear a pair of boots so that you like you won't sprain your ankle believe it or not here in Kerry alone, over the month of August, because there's 345,000 new walkers coming onto the market, we had 30 rescues on Karen Tool alone. Mm. So the big thing is, if you're doing anything above the cloud line, make sure you know what you're doing, or make sure you're going with experienced people, because we want this to be an amazing day, because adventure is about risk, and risk is about taking self-responsibility.
1: Mm. So, no, that's it
4: in relation to, but prepare, you know, in in other words, your route the day before footwork,
1: clothing, it's going to be cold. Yes, the and clothing there, Pat, the clothing, let's talk about the clothing, because you and I know layers are the key, aren't they? Like, lots of layers help to keep the heat in, good protective clothing uh, against rain, because we've got of rain or snow, and to keep you warm, and the headgear as well, Pat.
4: Yeah, I, like, people are going to lose most of their heat through their head and their feet and their hands, right, so... Make sure that that's good. Now, I hope that it's going to be fine for the weekend, so, but at the same time, bring a wind jacket in case it rains, and in uh, plan your route. Uh, one of the most important things, especially... like People are going to be doing something from 1.8 kilometres up to about 12 kilometres. Mm. If you're going out on the long hikes, make sure that you have enough food with you. Yeah. You're going to burn about two two and 2,500 calories... And you don't want to be running out of steam, like, while while you're there. And uh, I think one of the most important things is safety, safety, safety. And, like, you were an angler there, as you say, yourself. And you know the importance, like, of what you were talking about, about the layering systems, Mm. about wearing the proper gear when you're doing it. So I think that's the main thing to get across. Don't be foolish. Don't put yourself into dangerous situations. And uh, we're all going to have a great event, you know, uh, whether it's on Saturday or if people have changed their mind, like to do it another day. uh, Well, that's great too. But it's for a great cause. Like, you know, pay the house. I I actually tried to take my life through suicide when I was 30. And, um, you know, what I did find is getting out into nature and acting the endorphins from just being out there has helped me You know, having a great time for the last 30 years. So do get up, do get out. And remember, if anyone is looking for more information, go into climbwithcharlie.ie.
1: All the information is there. But back to food and drink, it isn't so important. You need sustenance, you need hydration as well, and make sure you bring plenty with you. The other thing is, you know, people are generally walking in groups here, but you mentioned 12 kilometres. One or two people can head off on their own. Staying in contact is very important.
4: It is like bring your phone as well, that in other words if you if anything does happen, like even the sprained ankle, that you can actually get in contact with someone in relation for help. Like as I said, I'm a mountain rescue myself down here in Kerry. And uh you know, it's amazing how simple an accident can happen. Mm. So just be aware, like, you know, if you are on your own, you know, and I know people will probably be doing stuff on their own as well and contributing to the whole cause and the initiative that's there uh but like you know be careful you know if you again I can't reiterate this enough especially if you're going into areas where there's an element of danger you know up a mountain in particular just be careful go with experienced people plan your route and in other words leave um a list of where you're going in your car in case that, you know, people want to try to find you afterwards if anything does happen.
1: You mentioned Charlie there and he is uh, some example to everybody I saw him on the news last night, he's using this uh, technology to speak now which is fantastic, his speech is gone but he's uh, physically quite active as well, big challenge for him going up the mountain Pat, you look at your life you mentioned there the suicide, you made millions, you lost millions, you got back on your feet, you kept going Uh, when you look at Charlie Bird facing a challenge like that. It's the ultimate, isn't it?
4: It's the ultimate, you know. Like, I've been to the top of Everest, crossed Antarctica, but everybody, no matter who they are, have their own Everest, right? And this is a huge Everest for Charlie to, you know, complete. And it's the inspiration that he gives for people out there that may be having problems. That, you know, it's just a matter of doing something. Do something that is your Everest. And it doesn't have to be, you know, climb a big mountain. But this is an opportunity for people to help, to help others. And, you know, I think that's great in society and we're brilliant in Ireland when it comes to bringing initiatives like this. You know, and, you know, do you know what really is after taking me? It's the thousands and thousands of people that are now participating in the climb with Charlie. And that all started by him just saying, I want to climb Crow Patrick, and it was his Everest and it took off from there. You know, there's you know, everybody can't climb Crow Patrick with him. But the initiative took off like that as people up where you are, you know, like I am just listening to a while ago. It's 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 just great to see, you know, everybody, students, like there's um, there have been a couple of schools on to me asking me like what they can do. Students from, you know, ten years of age and like I've had inquiries here in relation to our own gig here, like from up to eighty-year-olds. Yes. So it's fantastic.
1: Both ends of the uh, spectrum when it comes uh, to age. You're you're a fantastic man, as you mentioned there, Everest and uh, the North and South Pole, and you take on challenges all over the world. I have to mention a friend of mine. I mentioned the fishing, Jerry Martin from Sligo, who you took to Everest uh, a couple of years ago. You might remember Jerry.
4: Yeah, I do. Yeah, and you know what? Like this is what I love. I love. You know, when people have dreams, goals, and aspirations, like they start actually going out for a walk and they just get out into nature. Myself, I actually climbed a small mountain when I started Mangerton, but done to climb Cairne too. And since then, like that was a thing, of the therapy that relaxed my mind, that enacted my endorphin, that gave me dreams. And since then, I've traveled all around the world. But Nepal is one of my favorites. It's my spiritual home. And I take people every year now, in Nepal, Africa and help people like achieve their ambitions and their goals. Mm. You know, I absolutely love it and
1: you know, it, it, like, it's fantastic. Yeah, no, Jerry uh, was so impressed by you, Pat, and he said you're a mighty man and great company to be with and what a man to have with you on, on the mountain there. It's, a, it's a, a memory he'll treasure, treasure, of course, for, for all his life. Anyway, you're uh, right behind Climb with Charlie, and I thank you for joining us today and uh, uh, bringing up several pertinent points for people who may be getting out there for the first time this weekend. And I wish you well with yours and over 150, as you said, all over the country good luck to everybody it's fantastic thanks for joining me pat
4: Marie, great talking to you as usual and don't forget if they want anything climbwithcharlie.ie and hopefully we'll get you out and I'll get to see you up there sometime, <laughs> ok take care buddy
1: Please God, take care Pat, bye bye the wonderful Bye-bye-bye. Pat Falvey there, he is a fantastic man, he really is and there are, you know, Charlie Walks going on all over the place, you heard about the one there in Slane, St Mary's GFC, De Nore are asking you to join them in the Red Mountain Challenge to coincide with Charlie. With Charlie and it's on Saturday this Saturday again at 12 noon. 12 noon they're getting going. You can get more information if you search for Red Mountain Challenge. It's all there and you can donate on idonate.ie. Ken Bryan is the man. Ken Bryan's involved with St. Mary's in Denar. If you want to give him a shout, we have his number. It's 086. 8635470 it's available here if you'd like to find out more information but we wish St Mary's Denor and Ken all the very best uh, with their climb this weekend Saturday at 12 noon in denor Hi Jerry and Louise I love listening to your daily program could you give me a shout out for Charlie Bird Walk this Saturday 11am in Mullamine Forest uh, and climb to the highest point in Westmead. The forest is six kilometres from Old Castle. Thank you, Margaret Smith. Thank you, Margaret Smith, for doing what you're doing. 11am, Mullameen Forest. Climb uh, with Charlie. It's happening there at 11am, and everybody welcome. Six kilometres outside of Old Castle. Good to hear from you, Margaret. Love that song. I just love that song Always have, always will Belinda Carlisle Heaven is a place on earth On your late lunch This Wednesday afternoon Staying with sport for a moment And golf You may not know But the first major There are four majors in golf Take place each year And they are the tournaments That players really want to win If you win a major Well, it puts you at a different level In terms of your golfing prowess And the first major Is always in Augusta the Masters on the same course every year the others move about different courses the other three majors but it's always staged at beautiful Augusta in April and Tiger Woods has won the Green Jacket there on a number of occasions and you know he was in a serious car accident almost lost his leg did come back and play a little bit with his son at a father and son tournament did okay um, late last year but really hasn't been on the course much as he rehabilitates But what a star yesterday. Woods arrived at Augusta for a practice round yesterday. Now, he's not in the field yet, but he's a former winner and he can declare that he can play for a few more days yet, I believe. But the world of golf just went into meltdown when Tiger appeared. Is he going to play? Is he going to come back from this horrific accident? Because, you see, in terms of golf, it doesn't matter who's world number one at the minute or the upcoming stars. There's one name that'll just put the viewing audiences through the roof worldwide. And that is Tiger Woods. Will he play in Augusta? Let's wait and see. But my God, the man, his appeal just endures. He's the greatest of all time in my book. Just a little, uh, little mention there of the Tiger. Will he roar in Augusta? Let's hope he does. Now, moving on in late lunch this afternoon to my soundtrack. And it is, of course, from the stage show Mama Mia this week. The success of the stage show saw the musical adapted for the big screen with Meryl Streep and Pierce Brosnan filling the lead roles. The movie was released in July 2008, nine years on from the first staging of the show on the West End in London. That's the stage show. Most of the songs from that stage show were performed on the big screen and included in the movie. Left a few out all right, but I have to say... The movie pales into insignificance compared with the musical on stage, live and in a theatre with an audience. It's currently playing at the Novello Theatre in London, so if you're planning a visit to London in the next while, check it out. Book a seat or two. You'll love it, I promise you. No sign of a return to Dublin yet following its successful run at the Gosh Energy Theatre back in 2019. But I suspect... It'll be back sooner rather than later. Watch this space. Do go and see it. Today on Late Lunch, it's the number that saves the day and all the wedding arrangements that were in place as the mother, Donna, of the Not Bride says this to our beau of many years ago, Sam. the soundtrack of Mamma Mia my featured musical this week ABBA and I Do now Louise each time they sing it how many times do they say I do Uh
2: five Oh, good on you,
1: good on you, good on you. I put you on the spot there. You did, I didn't know
2: what you were going to. ask. Well
1: done, you've passed the test, mastermind chaired this afternoon. (laughs) You're on the ball, fair juice. Yeah, five times they say it each time. I had to just think about that myself, so I had. Anyway, um, great, great, have you ever seen the stage show? No. Oh, Louise, do yourself a favour. I've never seen the film. Don't bother about the film.
2: (laughs) Pierce Brosnan don't, uh, I,
1: know, I know it's a local leave your local hat off for a minute don't bother with the film take my advice go and see the musical <laughs> when it comes sometime it's
2: not half as good is it not
1: ah the musical in a theatre with an audience and live and ah oh, It's just fantastic. It's one of those nights you'll remember forever. You know, a complete night of ABBA with the story in there as well. But it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. It's one of those uh, that is a must-see in my book. So if you get the chance, do go to see it. Now, our next guest, you are really interested in this guy, John Toohey, aren't you?
2: I am. I just think it's really interesting, especially for people like me that hate buying online Because if it doesn't fit you or doesn't suit you, you have to go through the whole hassle of returns hate
1: that and I often say that's a thing about it you know because f- fitting is quite individual at times right. around the standard sizes but anyway John he's with us next and we it looks like he, he's a very experienced guy in this field with other projects he's been involved in it looks like the day of returns could be over stay with us on late lunch Louise mentioned it there a moment ago there's nothing more annoying than buying online and having to send the clothing item back because it's the wrong size but we think we may have found something that may end this once and for all. And to tell us more, I'm joined on the line by the man who co-founded Nightline and Parcel Motel. Delighted to say hello to John too. Hello, John. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for having me on. Not at all. Oopod Smart Locker. Tell us, is this the manna from heaven that all ladies and some gentlemen as well have been waiting for?
5: Well, listen, Jerry. I know um, how popular Parcel Motel my old company was with uh, customers in, in the Loudmead and Monaghan area. And, uh, of course, with the advent of Brexit, Brexit, the cross-border shopping aspects of Paris Motel fell away because of the introduction of the new customs frontier. Mm. So we've opened um, a lovely, what we call Pudo store, which is just short for pick-up and drop-off, at Jonesborough, near first and last-off licence and across from Mulcairn Spar. And it's got a parcel, a smart parcel locker outside, just like... Uh, our old customers have been used to in Parcel Motel, where they can shop online on UK websites. Um, we'll take we'll take delivery of the items at the store in Jonesborough and put them in the par- smart parcel locker outside, and then customers will get a text when the parcel's ready to pick up, and they just hop across uh, to Jonesborough, possibly while they're on their way to um, stock up and shopping, some cross-border shopping, and uh, stop off along the way to pick up the parcel. And uh, there you go. And they're back shopping on UK sites again and have all that choice and no fees, uh, just like the old days with parcel Hotel.
1: So it's a way of getting around the Brexit charges, number one. But here's the key thing. You know, the returns issue where, you know, something doesn't fit. It's really annoying. You, you hope to eliminate this as well. You provide a service there that people can fit on?
5: Yeah, the the, the Pudo store, the U-Pod store in Jonesborough, has a fitting room. And we have uh, two great staff there in dean and Maureen, very helpful, they'll help um, any, any of the customers coming in. So if they bought something online and want to try it on at the store, there's a fitting room there, they can try it on. And if it doesn't fit or it's the wrong colour or they don't like it and they want to return it to the online retailer, they can pack it up there and then and leave it there and we'll arrange for the courier to come and pick it up and take it back to the retailer.
1: Okay, so that service is provided there as well. It's an issue, isn't it? It's an issue with returns.
5: Yeah, well, look, it's a it's a it's a, it's a phenomenon in online retailing that um, about thirty percent of everything that's bought online gets returned. So people tend to buy different sizes, different colors, so they can try them and then return the ones, the items that they don't want. So it is a, it is something that online retailers facilitate quite easily because most online retailers, particularly UK online retailers will offer free delivery and free return of uh, of items you don't want. So uh, most customers now that are used to online retailing will will choose a couple of different colors or a couple of different sizes or styles um pick they take the one they want and then return what they don't want. Yeah. But the inconvenience I know I get exactly what you're saying. Returning items can sometimes be an inconvenience because you have to either wait for a courier to co- come and pick it up or you've got mm. to go to the post office and queue up to send it back or, or whatever. So our store at Jonesboro, um, we hope to address that by having the fitting room there, having the staff there to help. And so if if, if customers want to return items, they can just leave them there and uh, pack, pack them up. And usually those, these items come with a free shipping label to send them back to the retailer. And we'll facilitate that and we'll arrange for the courier to come and pick them up and bring them back.
1: Question from a listener, is it UK only?
5: Uh, no, when you say UK only, you can shop from any any online store and have it delivered to the store in Jonesboro, any store, Ireland or UK. But I suppose the advantage of, of it being in Jonesboro and just that little short hop over the border, just off Junction 20 on the M1, um, it means that it's you can avail of the ch- sometimes lower prices in the UK, free shipping, and sometimes UK UK sites have a wider range of choice of items than, you, than are available to customers in Ireland. I
1: think what they're asking is, is Europe, uh, Is Europe? if you buy from uh, online in Europe, do you cover off that?
5: Of course, yeah. Of course yeah. we can, yeah. No problem. And you shop, our motto is, shop anywhere, pick up here. Okay. So.
1: And, and another aspect of this, you know, I'm not saying generally things work smoothly, but from time to time things go astray is there more of an element to security in what you're offering?
5: Well, because we're placing the items in a secure locker, and uh, the parcel, the par- the parcel locker is outside the store in Jonesborough, so your item is there waiting safely there for you. You get a text to say it's fair, so you just come along and pop in your PIN number, and um, and, and that little door opens. It's just your parcel inside. nobody else, It's not mixed with anybody else's compartment. It's just your parcel. So it makes it very safe and uh, secure, yeah.
1: Um, Jonesborough, uh, synonymous with cross-border shopping, uh, you're aware of this, for decades. It was the destination to get to uh, many moons ago. Um, is there any significance or a link with that as to why you set up there? Um,
5: I suppose the reason we we chose Jonesborough is because it's so convenient to the M1. It's just off uh, Junction 20, so it's not even as far as Newry. Um, so you come off Junction 20 on the M1 um, which is on the southern side of the border. Yeah. And then your Jonesboro is just there, which is on the northern side of the border. So yes. it's just so convenient. And um, it's a lovely little village. Um, the, the off-license, first and off-license there is very popular with southern shoppers as well. So I suppose what we're trying to do is that we know that there's a lot of passing traffic and we know that people, particularly who live nearer to the border, have, um, you know, regular cross-border shopping trips. And so I suppose we're, we're trying to appeal to the passing traffic that they might want to pick up an online order while they're making that trip across border. Mm,
1: A listener saying, that's brilliant to hear. I'm terrible with returns from online. I end end up just keeping everything. I have wardrobes full of clothes that I'll never wear. Really like it. That's coming in to us there from a listener uh, as we speak this afternoon. So Jonesborough again, Pudo Store, Oopod. Uh, It's uh, easy to find when you go there. I wish you well with it, and it's building on your previous successes with with Nightline and Parcelmo. Hotel. Thank you, Jerry. You're much obliged, and thanks for having us on. Not at all. You're very welcome. Take care of yourself, John Toohey There, new smart locker service in Jonesborough. Tomorrow on Late Lunch, Kilty Oberlin is joining us. Obesity and this new drug. We'll hear what she has to say. John Lowe, the money doctor, is here too. What about this state-backed pension scheme? We'll find all about all. We'll find out all about it on Late Lunch tomorrow afternoon. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here in Late Lunch. See you on Thursday at 1.30. Do join us. Thanks for your company. We always appreciate it. We leave you today in the company of the wonderful Mr. Niall Horan. See you tomorrow lunchtime. Bye. The late lunch with Blackstone Motors,
2: Johanna, and and Cavan. Order your new two two one Renault today from our extensive Renault range.
1: Guaranteed delivery and low rate AP or finance. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie.